Where do you where do you sit on that? I think it depends on the thing. Right? Because if it's like a car, no. But if it's like a symbol, you know what I mean? Like, because yeah, if you replace an American flag, it's still an American flag. Right? There are some right. things that have meaning beyond, you know, if everyone's going to go see the first Apollo shuttle in the Smithsonian and they replace a bunch of pieces, it's still the first Apollo shuttle. Yeah, that's but, the thing. That's what I think about with the car is like if it's just a car and it's just a, like a vehicle you have no attachment to, then yeah, it's a totally new car when you've replaced all the parts. But like if it's a car that you've loved and you just keep up and replace it as you go, it's still like at your heart the same yeah. car. Yeah, because like you've been adding like value and meaning to it as you've gone along. Right. So it's and not fact, just a car anymore. It even alters, but in a way that is still the same car, right? Like now it's no longer just, oh, my old car. It's my old car that I've put six engines into this thing because I've loved it so much and I will, you know, always drive it until I die. It's like, okay, well, now it has more story than it had before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in my, in my opinion, Theseus the Ship, which I believe was a thing, they put it in a museum and then changed a bunch of pieces of it as it rotted, mm-hmm. is still the same thing because people come to see it for seeing Theseus the Ship. Agreed. I think we solved that problem, guys. Took philosophers <laughs> thousands of years, and we nailed it in about three minutes. Suck it, philosophers. We've got answers for all your queries. <laughs> also, if a tree falls in a forest, yes, it makes a sound. Duh. Idiots. <laughs> the trees are listening. <laughs> Make podcast where we talk the financial situations proposed in fantastical worlds and what that would mean in a real life scenario yeah Uh? i don't even know anymore (laughs) (laughs) what is this show about no i think that's pretty solid that's pretty close to like the tagline i wrote day one so i i i actually now here's what i want you to do this won't come out till what this is 12 yes so it's time some time apart but i want you to listen to that one and then four back to back <laughs> right and decide which one, version. yeah, which one is and the uprights, which one is between on my the uprights. Inner arm, so that I can look at it whenever Not we're sitting it here. starts making some money. Well, then, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, but so today, uh, first of all, I'm Liz. I always forget this part. I'm Liz. I'm Damon. I'm um um um. um Shut your mouth. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> I'm <fine>. Dan. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, what are we talking about today, Dan? Back to the Future. Back to the Future 2, specifically. Um, and how much is Biff worth? How Which much we'll, is Biff worth? Which we'll talk about the plot, because um, I think this is one that a lot of people know, but not everybody knows. <laughs> but, yeah, eventually, for those who already know, we're going to talk about how much Biff is worth. I feel like this is kind of the trope-worthy movie, though. Like, I feel like Back to the Future 1 is. Do you think as many people know Back to the Future 2? I think that everything that people wind up referencing about Back to the Future comes from the second one. I think you're right because like the 2015 uh, Cubs, Cubs winning series, thing, which they only got all wrong by a year. Yeah, yeah, right. And like they got close in 2015 too. They did. Well, they you got know, to the wild card. Yeah, which is like closer than the Cubs usually get. Rude, but also <laughs> not okay. unfair. In, yeah, not incorrect. <laughs> yeah. And the like hoverboard thing, like that's from Back to the Future too. Right? That's from yeah. Back to the Future too. Um, yeah, um, flying cars. That's one of my favorite parts about Back to the Future too. They have flying cars. Mm-hmm. But they still use fax machines. 
It's just a beautiful, like, futurist got it so wrong in both directions. It's just so, I'm so That's beautiful. That's my favorite thing about, like, science fiction writers trying to imagine the future. Like, they get it right when they, like, think about what people might want to do and get it wrong when they think about what we already do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just such an interesting, like, you get the technology way wrong, but you get, like, the human desire hasn't changed that much. But Right. Yeah. What, so what is our co-host doing? Oh, oh doorknob. Yeah, really his head in yeah. right. Doorknob was thinking about traipsing through our uh, pot cabinet. Not the cabinet. <laughs> <laughs> you saw my eyes go, wait, we could be doing you this were, differently. Cabinet? <laughs> I know it may sound like that, audience, but we're not actually. Uh, <laughs> I meant the pots and pans. Yeah, we're yeah. mostly just tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're just tired and we're old. Um... Uh, so where were we? Um, Back to the Future 2. Let's do ratings. Damon, you start. Me? Um, I've seen Back to the Future 2. I've seen the entire trilogy more or less in full probably a dozen times. That's great. That's great. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I had uh, a childhood friend of mine and I, it was just one of those things that was like, I don't know if we were hitting, I don't know if we had it on VHS or if we were just hitting it on like marathon run throughs on like AMC or something. It was a while where the TV was doing that. But like, I I got to the point where like I know those movies in an inside and out. Now, I haven't seen them in several years at this point, but like, I am seven on these. Like, uh, it's a pretty tight canon, and I think I got it down pretty well. But I'm going to get some stuff wrong. There's always a bigger fish. There's, There's always, always a bigger, bigger fish. fish. Dan? Oh, that's hard. Because I was going to go higher, but if that's Damon's expertise and he's a seven, I got to go. I'm going to anchor, man. <laughs> we talked about anchoring. I got to go lower. So one, I've seen a bunch of times. A big one fan. I really like two, and I actually just rewatched it for this, and I forgot how clever two was and like how much... I really want to wonder, did they make one knowing they were going to make two? Because they do a really nice job for time travel of, like, putting all those pieces together. I know that two and three were filmed at the same time. but That makes sense. Yeah, but they recast What's-Her-Name for twos. They didn't film one and two at the same time, for no. sure. Yeah, one was a completely separate production, but they more or less... I don't know how exactly movie studios decide this, but, like, they knew that it was going to make money. Mm-hmm. when it was about to be released. I don't know if it was just like Michael J. Fox was at like that point in his career where they like we're just going to no matter what. Yeah, exactly. And it, I know that it got greenlit like minutes after they finished rapping. Which is the fine, first one. but I was just actually talking about like, you know, for ha- cause he, yeah, because he like crawls around his future self and so does Doc. And like they just do a really nice job integrating. So well, it's uh, they do a nice job for something that was separate at the time like the script was written yeah. afterwards from right what i remember reading about um they were really upset the writers were writer writers were really upset that they had included his girlfriend going back going to the future with them because they didn't want to include her and stuff so that's why they like yeah knock they her immediately out the knock her out and never talk about her again yeah but they were trying to like find a way to like work around her so they, they weren't like thinking i don't think they were thinking i was going to get a second movie i think that i recall though that the first one was supposed to be more expansive and that like they had much 
bigger ideas for all of it. And yeah. that's sort of why it was so easy to jump straight into making the two additional oh, movies. Originally, they were like, he'll go back and forward and sideways. And then they were I've, like, oh, yeah. Because Back to the Future to doesn't really make sense for when the you first movie. Well, the what's the stupid title that they wanted to call it instead? It was like... Oh, it's something man. Spaceman Space from Man. Pluto 9 or something. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's it had horrible. Pluto in it because I remember it being compared to uh, Adventures Plan, of Pluto Nash. Oh, I thought it was going to be Plan 9 from Outer Space. Oh, well. <laughs> Anywho, that all being said, I've seen one a ton. I've seen two a fair amount of times, and specifically the most recently. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen three a ton because I, I liked three, but I didn't think it held up that's to the That's the one same where they standard. go to the Wild West. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. So I would give my, if Damon's going to give himself a seven, I'll give myself a five and a half. Okay. Okay. Does that seem about fair? Yeah. Uh, I've never seen it. <laughs> breaks my heart, Liz. <laughs> Literally breaks my heart. I've seen, I've seen the first one one time. Um, and uh, I liked it. It was great. Uh Damon, you failed in the partner who has seen a lot of movies, dude. I have a lot. No, no, he's been working on a lot of movies. I have a long list. Oh, trust me. I've only recently seen Jaws. My wife, oh, I don't think my wife has. My wife falls asleep in movies or gets up and does stuff because she can't be non productive. She either has to be doing something or sleeping. (laughs) So, I mean, I'm so behind in getting her. Movies are coming out faster than I'm getting her caught up on movies. So. The trick is that, like, I see lots of movies. I just, I don't know. I think they're, like, these are the kind of movies that if my parents weren't interested in seeing them, I didn't see them. And for some reason or other, they didn't really like Back to the Future. And they didn't really watch Jaws around me, so I never got that one either. Spaceman from Pluto was the original title that got thrown out for it. And it's just, like, a callback to a comic book that the kid at the farm that marty crashes into when yes. he goes to the past because yeah, he comes out in the hazmat suit yeah and it's the whole thing the twin pines versus single pines thing okay which like that's a bad time like that's like the epitome of don't let like the corporation make the movie <laughs> like well, advice the, the corporate oh but the corporation was the one who was like don't use that title no that's what the the studio execs wanted to call for it. real yeah oh who made, i don't know who where... made the push for back to the future then oh <laughs> that might That's been. the part of the story that everybody's Well, told. see, because I remember listening to a Cracked podcast about, like, times when the studio got it right, and I think that they, like, had the suggestion of Back to the Future, oh. even though it doesn't really make sense for the first movie at all. No. I mean, they go back to the present. Which, at the time they're in, is the future. I think Back to the all Future right. is... Um, back to the Future was actually the original title the studio pushed for Spaceman from Pluto. Oh, okay. Oh, and people were like, and they were no, like, no, let's hang with the no, new no, original. No, no. Yeah. Um, all of that said, I'm going to give myself a one um, because it's not a zero because I read uh, <laughs> every... <laughs> so I told Dan and, and Damon this before, but when I was in college, I did this class called Post-Humanism in Science Fiction, which is like right up my alley, but I was the only woman in the class. Uh, um... And I, uh, we had to watch Terminator for uh, like a quiz that was going to happen, and we were going to talk about like the posthumanism in Terminator. And I couldn't get a hold of a copy of it, so I just read every conceivable synopsis I could find on the internet and all of the like trailers I could find on the internet, and googled 
every bit of it and I passed the quiz and like I can I have seen Terminator since but but in the meantime I could tell people that I had seen it and they'd believe me and this is about where I am with Back to the Future 2 that like I know enough that if I'm not like if I don't talk about it a lot you'll believe I've seen it well this is gonna be fun yeah but I know I know a lot about the back end of the movie and like things about why we do things in movies now because of Back to the Future so there's that well, here's a fun good thing. No matter what happens, I hadn't watched two specifically in a while. You will be able to speak more intelligently than Griff, and we'll go into the plot in a second, but this is Biff's grandson. Yeah. He talks so strained. It's, <laughs> I had never noticed it before. It is horribly painful to watch his scenes. Like Ugh. It's like he's struggling to move his tongue. I don't... Well, it's because he's got that metal plate in his head. But I can only assume it's diffusing opioids into his system. (laughs) Maybe. At least Biff, like, he's the bad guy, but he was, like, coherent. Yeah. Nothing. I I was like, oh, I'm concerned that this actor is having a stroke. I was literally concerned. Someone should have pulled him over and been like, ooh, ooh, I don't know, buddy. Maybe it's a bad choice. (laughs) I don't want to give you a line reading, but here's an idea. String words together like a human would say them. I don't know. Have you ever said a sentence aloud? Yeah, maybe try that. (laughs) Okay, so do we want to do plot? Because, again, I think this is one that, yes, a lot of people know, but I don't think it's, even if it's just briefly, I think we should at least give the overview. Can I? we start at, like, the beginning? Oh, back to the future. Very quickly. Very, very quickly. Can I do it? Do you want to do it? Let me see if I know. Um, Okay, so a quick synopsis of Back to the Future. Uh... Marty is inexplicably friends with this real old uh, scientist whose name is Doc Brown. Brown. And they go to the past because he figured out how. Yeah, they're just testing. Yeah. Yeah. He just figured out how. And they go into the past and they meet his mom, Marty's mom. And Marty's mom and Marty's dad are like probably not going to get together unless things go real well for them. So Marty actually like disrupts their meeting. Oh yeah, they're supposed to meet in a like meet cute kind of thing, and Marty gets in the way, and and uh, uh, <laughs> Marty's mom hit by a car after, say, after yeah. keeping Tom. I've but seen sure, this once. <laughs> yep, all right, you're doing um, good though. Marty's mom uh, is like super into Marty, which is fucking weird, um, and she like takes him home and like. Uh, nurses him because he gets hit by the car. Correct. Yeah. He pushes his dad out of the way. Right. Not thinking they about it. Don't want to murder the dad. Right. Um, and she thinks his name is Calvin Klein because that's what's written on his underpants. Um, but the crux of it is that Marty has to get his mom and dad together or he'll stop existing. Um, in the meantime, Biff is a horrible bully guy who almost rapes his mom in a car, and then Marty invents rock and roll. <laughs> And they get back to normal time after Marty and Doc Brown sort everything out um, and his parents get together and have him and his sister and things are cool, but like better than before. Yes. So he gives they his kick Biff's butt. He gives his dad a bunch of confidence that he didn't otherwise have. Yeah. So he like pursues his dream of writing novels and it works out for him. Right. Cause their life's really sad ish before they like, yeah, go it's not back great there. It's a little bit of a bummer. Yeah. yeah. But then at the very end of back to the future one, Doc Brown shows back up and is like, we got to go to the future, Marty. It's your kids. And then like his girlfriend and him get in the car and they go off to the future. And in the very beginning of Back to the Future 2, his girlfriend gets knocked out by Doc Brown and she spends most of it knocked out, except that they 
people from the future find her and like DNA read her or something and know yeah. that she's they know that she's Marty's because oh, yeah, they take her they back take to her back to their house her that's house because right. then yeah. she sees herself and she's like I'm <gasps> young I'm old and yeah. then they both like pass that's out. right I know that yeah. part um they have to go to the future because uh his kids are gonna get into trouble with Griff, who is Biff's grandson, and Correct. they're going to commit a crime and go to jail. Right. And Doc Brown is like, that can't happen. So they stop that crime from happening, or at least they stop the McFly's participation in the crime. They actually stop the whole crime. The whole crime? Yeah, because okay. Biff gets arrested the day before he's going to do the, Or Griff, sorry. Griff gets arrested the day before he's going to do the crime because he and Marty get into like a car chase, and Marty makes him go flying through a window at a library. Okay. So this is like, <laughs> there's a lot of like holes in the right, Wikipedia you're, synopsis. You're largely right though. Yeah, okay, the cool. crime no longer happens and the McFlies are off the hook. And they're fine. But Biff gets a, or Griff gets a hold. No, no, no Biff. 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 So Griff is the grandson who's trying to get him Biff, to do the crime. Oh, old man Biff knows that they have time travel technology, and he right. finds he takes a sports almanac and travels back in time to his younger self and gives him the sports almanac so that Biff can become a bajillionaire. And then when Marty and Doc go back to present day, it's this weird, horrible dystopia where Biff is like the uber overlord of the world or it's just such Southern town? California. Well, Southern he's California. very wealthy. So he has a sphere of influence. I doubt he has like the whole world. OK. But. And he's married to Marty's mom. Yes. And yep. so that's trouble again because Marty's going to not exist. Technically, no. Marty is George is McFly's son, but Biff killed George McFly to marry his mother later. Oh. So Marty still exists. So Marty exists. exists. Okay. But he's steps... Well, I don't know if Biff actually adopts him, but he's like... His mom cool. is married to Biff. Sure. Um, and so Doc and Marty have to get the almanac. So they have to go back to the past that was we saw in the Back to the Future 1, just a, like a few steps before themselves the first time around and get that almanac back from future Biff before he gives it to past Biff or get it back. Yes, from past technically Biff? he waits. Yeah. He waits till they wait till past Biff gets it and then they take it from past Biff. Okay. But yeah, same idea. And, uh, that all works, but the, they get it back from him and they like tear it up or it bursts into flames or explodes or something. They, they, light, throw, it they light it on fire. They light it on fire. Yeah. Um, but then something happens where the DeLorean, like, it's struck by lightning. It's struck by lightning, and it, lightning and it goes takes back Doc to the Brown old to the old yeah. west. And so he sends like a letter or something to yep. Marty in the future. Is like this is for you, and it's like a, you got to go get in the DeLorean that the present us in the past are gonna get back in. No, it's like he finds a DeLorean and goes and oh, is it the DeLorean that gets sent to the old west? And he's got that's not sustainable. The cars don't last that long. It's a time traveling DeLorean. I guess. <laughs> yeah. um, so he's got to go back to the Old West, and that's how Back to the Future 3 starts. Yep. Yeah. Bravo. See? That you was really solid. solid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't think. Do you have anything to add? Uh, they strike the car with lightning to get it from at the end of one into the current of two. They have to get so struck by lightning. That's why it makes sense that they get struck by lightning and gets sent to the past. Right. At the end of two. Because, so the only thing you kind of missed is like there's a subplot. At the beginning of one, Doc Brown gets killed because um, he stole plutonium from terrorists to power oh, the DeLorean. Yes, I remember that in the he like goes parking back to lot. The past. Marty warns him, 
they don't have plutonium, so they strike the car with lightning to get it back to the present. And then in the new present, again, things are slightly better. Not about the lightning. Because Brown, Doc Brown is wearing a bulletproof vest because he read this note from Marty in 1955 that said, hey, you're going to get shot. And he doesn't get killed. And right. that's yep. how. Okay, cool. Although whatever happens, now I'm blanking, what happens to the terrorists? They shoot him and they just like they say, leave. good enough, we'll they drive they away. Yeah, they do they like don't actually by. come to take yeah, the they plutonium shoot him, away? They leave. No. They're like, and oh, we didn't Doc, want the plutonium back. We just wanted to kill this one guy. You're shooting at plutonium seems like a dangerous idea in the first place. Well, I think the assumption is it's lost and they're just like, we're going to murder that dude. Oh, yeah. And that then they think that he's murdered. That DeLorean does not look standard enough that if I was those people, I wouldn't be like, let's see what we can get out of that. Yeah, but right. he's got all sorts of wires and things on top and whatever. I don't know. But it was a DeLorean before Back to the Future was a thing. So, so they so had like no one. <laughs> well, there is that line, I think, in two where they're like, he's in a 1957 Ford and we're in a DeLorean. He'll crumple us like a tin can. <laughs> Marty's like, land on his Ford. And Doc Brown's like, no, no. we're a shitty car. Yeah. Not a good car. <laughs> Hard pass. So growing up, I mowed lawns for this guy who lived out of state, uh, but it was for his like mom's house that he still owned and he tried to upkeep. Whatnot. All that to say is they had um, the like husk of a DeLorean in <laughs> this shed, like out in the back that I just like fawned over. Yeah, um, that. but I'm pretty sure it was exclusively a home for possums by the time that I even <laughs> found it. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> okay. So what about this? Are we talking about Dan? How much money Biff would make? Right, because he goes. Old Biff goes back and gives young Biff an almanac, um, which is, in theory... A sports almanac. Yes. 50 years of sports statistics, which, by the by... Someone would probably stop him at some point and be like, these are definitely fixed sports matches. Well, yes, that's probably true. And also, at some point, if he did enough things, the future would change enough that these outcomes were no longer certain. You would have to think, like... Yeah, because, like, you know, if you're betting on... I don't know. Like, how much influence would that those sorts of winnings, like, have on... I could see it more in, like, boxing, maybe, or horse racing than I could in other things. But, yes, uh, okay. I mean, there But would even be... then, it would change the future in just, like, that's money you won from this that you didn't before. Yeah, like, so someone yeah, like, else doesn't have that money. Right. That, right. So, yeah. like, there's maybe a shift in the horse, world. Or there's a different jockey on there. I mean, there's a lot of different things. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you, the town becomes shittier, and so that college doesn't recruit as good of players. Or, yeah. I mean, there's things that could change. But in general... The thing I will say, that sports almanac, nowhere near big enough. No. The one they use in the movie, like if that has 50 years of sports statistics, it's like a maybe 200-page paperback book. No. no, no, no. They leave all the stuff that Joe Buck talks about. (laughs) Oh, so that's six pages otherwise. (laughs) It's like they're not so concerned about, you know, if this is the youngest player to hit a double on a Saturday in May before noon, uh, but... After but, a heavy rain. <laughs> and after 1122. It's just amazing that he knows all those things. Yeah, off the top of yeah, his head. It's amazing that all those interns can work that fast. <laughs> but yeah, that's the first thing. That that almanac would... Would need to be much be larger. So here's the things we know. They say in the like Biff Museum in the Back to the Future 2 that he's one of the richest men in America. Uh, that he his trip to the racetrack on his 21st birthday... Uh, made him a millionaire overnight. Oh, this would have to be a very big almanac. Is all sports? So I thought it was just baseball. No, I'll talk about that in a second. Um, he owns Biffco, which is a toxic waste company. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
He owns a casino hotel. Yeah, and so because we know he won his first million on a racetrack when he turned 21, we know that that was sometime in 1958. Okay? Okay. So that's the things we know. So here's the good news, bad news. I had some things to talk about that are very financial and we can do a lot of stuff with. However, <laughs> I have, for the first time, I will admit, I have been defeated. Oh, <laughs> too much? The value of that almanac is incalculable, Oh, is my opinion. Wow. Or at least it would be like your lifelong project. It supposedly covers more than this, but it at least covers horse races, baseball games, pro football, college football, golf, hockey, boxing, and baseball. Those events alone, and I only put the 10 biggest horse races in there, and I only put 50 boxing matches, and there's more of both. Those alone are 6,025 events per year. Holy crud. It's 50 years. Now, in this case, we're talking from 55 to you know 85 or something like that, so it's 30 years of that that yeah. he could actually use. But the, the amount is, it, it's incalculable. Like, I'd have to know the odds of every game. And yes, you could, like, average out odds, but even that's hard because it's not only that. Like, you also know who won Super Bowls and World Series, which are much longer odds than just the individual heads-up bets. And, like, you could win the over-unders. And you could, like, you could, yeah, horse races, you didn't just have to pick the winner. You could do, like, a trifecta. or like It's just, it's incalculable. It's literally an almost infinite amount of money. Now, we talked about, you're right, what would probably happen is he'd get accused of fixing it, he might get arrested, he might get killed, honestly. Well, he's not depending a very on who smart who he's betting man. with. Yeah. yeah. Um, at some point, the amount of betting he do would change the future, and this would become less valuable. We talked about all that, but, but like, I have some things we can talk about, and, like, interesting things. At the end of the day, though, the almanac, it's just incalculable. Dang. I, it, it can't be done, in my opinion, or at least I can't do it. So <laughs> No one should. <laughs> if anybody can, if anybody's got that much free time on their hands, God bless. Go outside. <laughs> <laughs> but God bless. Send us an email at makebelievemoneypodcast at gmail.com. I see Damon trying to Google it. I just don't think it's in no, there. No, I was just, I just wanted to get the visual of it. Oh, yeah. Of like what it looked like. Complete sports statistics. 1950 to 2000. And it's like a easily holdable book. Oh, yeah. I mean, it it's would have like to be a periodical like magazine. onion skin? Like, I mean, it would have to be like phone book size yeah. in the real world. There's no way. That or it would have to have m- far less sports than it proposes to have. Oy, oy. Okay, so what do we can talk about? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what do we can talk about? You raise a good question. So here's the first thing we can talk about. Assuming that the race he wins in 1958, it says it's on his birthday and we don't know his actual birthday, but let's assume it's the Kentucky Derby. Sure. We know what he wins there. In 1958, the winning horse in the Kentucky Derby was called Tim Tam. Tim Tam. Tim Tam. They're a tasty cookie. They are a tasty cookie. Uh, He won it on May 3rd at the odds of $6.20 to $2. So for every $2 you bet, you won $6.20. Okay. So roughly three to one. So the thing we know there is that he must have used this to win some other bets ahead of time. Because if you're going to win at 3.1 to one, basically, you have to put down $322,000 and change to actually win a million dollars. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. And it says he becomes a millionaire overnight, which could be one million. But if he won like 10 million, it would be certainly much more than that. Now, right. 
again, it was probably easy to build up that amount of money flying under the radar by making 50, 100, 200, even $2,000 bets that just don't pay so much that you make it into the news or whatever. Not like he's a law-abiding citizen who's not gambling before it's legal for him either. You know? Yeah, that's fair right. enough too. Yeah, it said, I guess it does say 18, but yeah. I mean, plus, bet your high school buddies, bet, you know, son, like, he could probably up. scrounge up to $300,000 or maybe he took leverage, right? Maybe he found, like, a bookie who mm-hmm. was like, we'll break your legs if you don't pay us back in a week, but if you know you're going to win, who the hell cares, right? right? Yeah. If you take a loan shark or whatever you're going to do. But we know that. And then what we can also do is we can know the values of his businesses. Mm-hmm. Those are probably pretty easy. Well, I say those are probably. I done did the thing. <laughs> those are pretty easy to figure out. Please tell me which toxic waste company you yeah. used as How did you a compare facsimile. That? Uh, okay. The Love Canal? <laughs> um I'm with you, Damon. Okay. I'm also have a puzzled look on my face. You know that I is? imagine that's from like a British television series. No, that's from a like real thing. Like a toxic waste dump. There was like a canal in a town. It like the reason why like a lo- like there's laws against that sort of thing now is like I don't have the full story off the top of my head, but it was like a thing where people were getting horrible cancer from this toxic waste they were dumping in their uh, canal. Fun and it was called the Love Canal because irony is a cruel mistress. <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact, did you know the reason the EPA started is because there was a river on fire? <laughs> was it in Ohio? It was in Ohio. That's what I thought. <laughs> yep, there was a f- river of, on fire in Ohio, and the government went, oh, no. no, no, no. <laughs> mm, bad news. We should <laughs> handle this. <laughs> so I looked at two companies. One is called Clean Harbors. Um, okay. It's just a waste management company. Oh, okay. Publicly traded under the ticker CLH. The other thing I looked at is U.S. Ecology under the ticker E-C-O-L. Uh, I wanted to look at waste management, which is those green trucks with like the yellow W and M that you've seen around. But that's a really a lot of that it does do toxic waste, but it does far more like pedestrian. normal pedestrian. Yeah. These two are not purely toxic waste, but they're much closer. They handle um, those big kind of things. Well, so does uh, waste management, but it's their bigger percentage of their revenues. Okay. If that makes sense. They and don't do not to be controversial, but I imagine that waste management numbers are maybe a little more obscured than the average thing. What do you mean obscured? Saying it's a front for the mob. Oh, oh yeah, probably. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, no, I'm into that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we I don't mean, offer real advice. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're public. Tra- yeah, don't come after us, please. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know that. I, We're I just need kidding. My <laughs> <laughs> um, but you're probably right. <laughs> No. <laughs> uh, I say no, no. As um, the person who sleeps next to Liz, please. No. <laughs> Don't get it wrong if you do fight Damon's Liz. gone. There's a horse head. But where did Damon go? <laughs> um, so those are both publicly traded, so we can just look at it. So Okay. Um, let me get there. There we go. So Clean Harbor, uh, publicly traded for about $3 billion okay. in market cap. Fairly, Both of these are fairly small companies for publicly traded. And U.S. Ecology is about $1 billion. Okay. So you average them out, about a $2 billion. And then I assume he doesn't have full ownership. Because, again, the reason you go public is you tend to be wanting to sell some of your shares to raise money. So let's say he owns 60% of this, you know, roughly $2 billion company. So that's a, a billion and $1.2 billion, roughly. So already he's one of the richest men in America. I was going to say, did you know you could spend $1,000 a day and never touch a million dollars? I learned that. Who told you that, Liz? <laughs> no one um, important. Was it Jesus? <laughs> anyway, what? Um, it was Jesus. 
Um, yeah, so that's worth 1.2. So, and honestly, it's a terrible use of his money. If you know you're going to win in gambling and a company could easily go under because you don't know that you much don't know about that. the future, right? Like, why would you start a company? Why not just keep gambling? But whatever, he makes 1.2 billion. He's on a that. dumb man anyway. Yeah, I mean, at some point he could have already had more than that and it's just he thinks it would be profitable. Who knows? But Do you think he launders his money through it? Maybe, but he's much more likely to launder his money through his casino. Okay. Yeah, because right. we've That's talked about uh, Andy Dufresne and money laundering. And money laundering. Don't do um, that either. Yeah, terribly wrong. <laughs> we say from jail. We say from jail. Mm, better get used to these bars, kid. <laughs> Back to the future quote. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so, then I wanted to look at the casino hotel. Here's the trouble with looking at a casino hotel publicly traded stock that most people don't know about. There is a massive area in China called Macau. Uh-huh. That is the Vegas of China. And it's bigger than Vegas. It's more revenue than Vegas. It is huge gambling. And so a lot of the companies that you would think of as your big gambling companies actually make a lot of their revenue in Macau. So it's hard to break out what it, a single hotel might co- like be worth in the U.S. Hmm. Um, because so many of them have so much of their business in Macau. They're almost more of Chinese company. Like, they're not Chinese companies, they're U.S. companies, but they're almost more leveraged to Chinese gambling than they are to U.S. Though they still have their properties in Vegas and they're a significant part of their revenue. However, MGM, all things considered, um, do you not know who MGM is? The casino? MGM, the... MGM International is, uh, or Resorts International is, they're like, they're a casino and hotel gaming they kind of are associated with mgm the movie studio but kind of not oh okay they're like started i think from the the same company because mgm has like lions in their casino or whatever but they have since split okay that was the the curious look does it stand for metro goldwyn mayor i believe so okay so it's like same people yeah okay Uh, i think they're yeah i don't think they're affiliated anymore but even if they are this still stands because what i did they're well, it's resorts, so they must have split. Anyway. I don't think... Is MGM Films a thing still? They might I don't be think it really else. is. I think yeah. it might be like a... Something might be published underneath that banner, but I don't think they are actively making films, per se. Okay. I mean... At least they're enduring. I cannot tell you that... Can we talk about how many movies I, like, see a logo of a production company and then I never see it again? Right. Because they make all these, like, cool graphics of, like, Shadowfall Company, and then I'm like... You did one movie, <laughs> and you probably went out of business. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, MGM International still has some exposure to Macau, but is largely an international or a, a domestic, a U.S.-based uh, resorts company. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're worth eighteen point seven nine billion dollars. Yes, but here's the good news: MGM <laughs> is worth eighteen point seven nine billion. Okay. But the good news, kind of like we mentioned uh, last episode, is that there's a lot of details in every company's 10K. So I can go out and specifically they report how much of their operating income is the Bellagio specifically. So this one casino hotel in Vegas that we can probably use as a pretty good approximation of owning one casino hotel. Sure. Okay. So their total operating income... I actually don't know. I don't have the scale in front of me, but I'm going to guess it's $2 billion. Uh, hold on. I might have actually have the scale in front of me. <laughs> do, 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 do. Yeah, I'm going to assume it's 
I'm going to assume this is in billions. You know better than I do. So, anyway, their operating income, they report out as $2 billion, and the Bellagio operating income is about $366 million. So, it's 17.5% of their operating income comes from the Bellagio. Okay. So, it wouldn't be a perfect analogy. Again, certain properties are more than others, and there's this and that, but let's just assume, because it's going to be, you know, close enough for government work, that 17% of their market cap, 70% of their value is... The Bellagio. So one casino hotel would be worth, you know, 17%. So 17% would be about $3.3 billion. Okay. Not small. Not small. So that's that's basically what I have for Biff, right? So the value of the Almanac is incalculable and in, in, in theory a forever resource. But assuming we don't want to talk through that, he's got $1.2 billion from Biffco, $3.3 from his casino hotel, so I mean, you're talking four and a half billion. I mean, the one of the richest men in America stands easily. Yeah, like that he yeah. could dominate a region like potentially Southern California with four billion. Maybe not quite in the dystopian way that it's gonna that say. it's uh, portrayed, but he's got some clout. Yeah. Here's a fun fact: Marty has this idea that he's gonna steal this almanac. It's actually his idea first, and Biff steals oh. the idea. Marty, you bad. Yeah, it's not great, but. Winning all this money gambling makes him rich and famous. And in my opinion, I would say humble, but we all know that's not true. <laughs> Being rich and famous would suck. Oh, yeah. I would much rather be rich and anonymous, right? So Marty has that option, and he blows by it. The markets, stock market, bond market, what have you, a lot of volatility. They go up and down. I think we all know that. But in general they go up over the long term. Kind of the stupid analogy I use is that they're kind of like using a yo-yo while walking upstairs. They're going to go up and down, but directionally you are headed upwards. Okay. So we know over a long time period that they're going to go up. Marty goes back to 1955, then back to 85, then back to 2015. Yes, he could buy an almanac. And yes, that will produce a lot of winnings, but it will also draw a lot of attention. He could also just invest in the stock market in 1955 and let it ride. Yeah. And in fact, I looked it up. The S&P 500, which is just uh, an, an index that is the 500 biggest stocks in the U.S., is trading at $44 in 1955 when he goes back. November 7th, specifically. He's there for a week, but that's the Monday. When he comes back in 1985... It's trading at $187. So it is 4.25 times bigger. Admittedly, it's not in a day, but he wins more than the horse race by just putting money in the stock market and wandering away. Yeah. I mean, and he knows what's going to happen in 2015. He could just find someone to invest in present day and like... Well, that's the thing. If you just leave it in the S&P 500, if you don't even pick the winning stocks yeah. and you come to 2015. Now, admittedly, their future had flying cars, but... In 2015, it's not a perfect it world. was worth a little over $2,000. So at that point, it is, what, 45 times bigger than your $44 investment? Whoa. This is why retirement investing works and why it's so powerful if you start early as opposed to late. Yeah. Because if you start in 85, let's say when you're 40 and you go to 2015, yeah, you get some growth. You get, I mean, you still get a lot, don't get me wrong. 
But if you start in 55 when you're just starting working, right? Because in theory, you work 30, 40 years. That money you put away when you first started is grow, grown a, a lot more than the stuff you put away later. Even if you you know, put away more later because you're making more, that's still valuable. Don't get me wrong. But really, at the end of the day, historically, and things can always change, you can't really lose in the stock market over a long term. Over the short term, for sure, you can get burned. Don't get me wrong. But over the long term, you can't really lose. So his best bet was to find all the money he can, or if you don't want to be, you know, rich and famous, you're somebody rich, go win like four or five small bets that keep you off the radar, throw it into the stock market, and then go forward 30 years and get your four times growth, be a very happy man, or go forward, whatever that is, 50 years, 40 years, get your 45 times growth, and live like a freaking king. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. So Biff is super wealthy. But a real dumbass. But <laughs> not bright. And neither is Marty. No. Admittedly, well, like, in Marty high school. Marty's like a high school, yeah. I didn't know much about the stock market, but I'm just saying. Or enough to care about, like, that kind of thing at all. Like, when I was in high school, I was like, I'm going to live till I'm 30, and that's about it. That's when I stopped caring about my life. And, like. Now, as someone who's approaching 30. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> much I mean, done. This is about where I, my plan yeah, I'm about ended. giving it up. <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't have any more ideas. I'm 30. (laughs) So. But that's a good lesson for us all. Although we don't provide real advice. We do not provide real advice. advice. But in general, invest your money. It works over the long term. Yeah, long term, yeah. Yeah. It's even better if you have a time machine. Yeah, Yeah, also. We could all get a DeLorean. (laughs) Yeah, also, hold on a second. I need to try something. Future self, if you're listening. If this still exists. Come back, even if you're just listening to to this on repeat or whatever, come back to Damon and Liz's right now and tell me which stock I should buy that's going to do the best between now and when I retire. I mean, it'd be great to, like, I'm waiting for myself. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. No, you're assuming that I haven't cut that out. I was gonna say, <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna say we could just put a sound effect in there where we go, <laughs> and you could like make an old man voice and tell him what to do. It's too late now, Dan. Moments passed. <laughs> you're fucked. <laughs> oh God, your Don't life is come horrible. Into the <laughs> it's terrible. None of us have electricity anymore. It doesn't matter. We all work for the robots. <laughs> We're all uh, batteries because that doesn't really make sense. <laughs> They're robots that we built. Of course they'd think we could be batteries because they're dumb. Yeah, anyway, I'm coming for you, Matrix. Um, I Do you have any more things to say? No. Cool. Biff is very wealthy from his companies, for sure. But that almanac is just, it's... Incalculable yeah. wealth. Yeah. Like, yeah. wealth bringing. It's an enigma wrapped in a riddle, wrapped <laughs> in a puzzle. And, like, how did it get so compact? Not only that, but you'd have to know, like... You'd have to... There's, it's unknowable. My brain is melting out of my ears right now. <laughs> yeah. Like, just the the point at which you start is, how do you even begin guessing? You know? One dollar, I guess. What are On this horse race. Yeah. What does that get me? Yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, so in theory, in the movie, they show him, like, listening to all the college football games of that day, and every one of them turns out as the almanac says. So in oh. theory, you just take everything you have and put it on the highest odds of a couple of days from then, if you're convinced that it's going to actually pan out. That would quickly yeah. consume you, your whole life. I mean, maybe you test it for a few more 
days or weeks, but then you just, I mean, and then in theory, you just pick the highest odds and you just go all in and you just keep doing that. Every time your money, like you get it back from wherever you gambled it, you go back to, okay, what's the next big event for the next week or whatever. You don't need to bet on any, everything, right? Even if you could win every bet, you just bet the high probability bets. Yeah. Um, Cause even saying this thing like, Oh, the Cubs win against Miami, a hundred to one shot, right? That's the bet you take. Even if like you could have bet on, oh, the Yankees beat the Dodgers in the, you know, some other game, but it pays out one point three to one. Why bother? Just take the the big bets. But I have a question: Do they leave Old Biff in the past to die? No. Old Biff steals the car when they're not looking, oh. and comes back for himself. No, he dies so. though. What? He gets out of the car and he dies. Right? No, he's he has like heart a heart trouble. attack. But he like he doesn't die there on the spot because they don't figure it out until after they get back to the past. Right, because he left the cane in there, in the car, because he has like a heart attack and leaves the cane in there. Okay. Well, I gotta watch this movie. You, ju- I guess. you did just watch it, so I'm gonna. Go I, with you. I I don't know. Yeah, I don't. But I'm not confident in that. You've seen it more than I do. Yeah, I'm just saying, somebody email us. I just know yeah. that they don't. Or I could watch it and I'll let you. Well, both also know. in the Wild West one, they go back and kill their grandfather, which is literally a grandfather or great grandfather or something. It's literally grandfather paradox. So he must have had Biff's progeny like biff's great-grandson before he died yes yeah you never see that he has his son like that he has a son or a daughter but he must have because otherwise all the biffs Biffs would have like ceased to exist they're on out also can we talk about marlene mcfly marlene yeah the sister who is played by michael j fox yeah i does it work no no (laughs) I the actually, pictures look great. I was going through and looking at like the IMDb for this, and I was like, Marlene Mc... Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, it's not terrible. I will say, through all of my viewings, that is a stat that I didn't learn until after I had watched it a number of times, and like in that time since I've kind of not reviewed it. Um, but it never stuck out to me. I think it's a How I Met Your Mother glass-shattering moment where it really wasn't that offensive or that bad or that... like sore thumb until I knew it and now, and now I can't unsee it okay. and so every time I watch it I'm like whoa 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 <laughs> like, but yeah he looked he looked pretty good in no, the like yeah, pictures I was like he rocked oh, it okay keep in mind as a child it was like mind-blowing to me that they were playing like multiple versions of themselves you hadn't yes. seen the nutty like, professor yet <laughs> <laughs> you had yet to see the pinnacle of that also technology. to be clear Yes, but I mean, those are all different looking. Ca- like, this is like he's on the stage and it's the same him crawling right. above the stage. And well, it's not like, have... a, oh, different makeup or different. Like, it's them exactly. spliced into the. And it's it does look pretty good for yeah. when that movie was made. It holds up. Great. I mean, that's what happened. Industrial Light and Magic was on this one, too. Mm, this is a Mecca, so I think so. Would make sense. Right. Yeah. Like. Pay your pay your special effects people, guys. Don't let them go out of business like they did during the life of Pi. Hmm. Real sad. But in all seriousness, like, yeah. Because look at how well Jurassic Park ha- held up, right? Like, right? The classics have the good people who are going to, like, do it for the long haul. Yeah, and then people are, like, these people are real uh, geniuses, I think, for the technology that they're working with. At the time, they're like, we have to solve this problem and make a thing look like it's the future. But we're not in the future. 
So we'll leave fax machines in. So yeah. we'll leave fax machines in because we're going to need that. Because how would we communicate without fax it's machines? It's the fastest way to communicate. We can they got Skype, but they were like fax machines. Those are, are going to hold out. Right. Can't send a digital paper. Well, doesn't Doc have like, I thought he had some sort of like, oh yeah, and he has walkie-talkies, right? Something he gives like them walkie-talkies yeah. or something like, like that. Like future walkie-talkies? Like in, he get, they go to the future and he gives them walkie-talkies to communicate. And like at some point they're out of range or whatever. I'm like, Doc, you've been to the future. Just buy a cell phone, man. Yeah, all you need is like To one, be fair, uh, one he's iPhone. like a bandit outside of time. So like That's true. He's just he kinda, ain't got the right money. Yeah, he doesn't well, remember no, actually, where he, he does. is. He do? They make a specific, there's a specific scene where he opens up a briefcase and he has money from like 1861 through like 2000 and something. It was Marty? actually- Pretty should solid. not be friends with him. <laughs> it's not a good choice. Yeah, especially it's a when weird friendship. Like, just Doc, to start, he try is almost murdered. Well, no, Doc figures out time travel and then doesn't go and patent it. He flees into the fabric of space time and then just does unobservable things for an indeterminate amount of time. And no one in the rest of the world knows what's happening except that their futures change a lot. Yeah. Well, they don't even know that. Yeah, because it's just the thing that is. Right. And the thing is, at least he's smart enough to go back, though, first. Because mm-hmm. you go at least forward, you just, like, Morty. And, Morty. like, wind up in, like, a nuclear Where, holocaust yeah. and immediately die. Right. And then there's just a DeLorean, like, sitting in a radioactive wasteland. Work with what you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is the reason that Rick and Morty exists. I've heard good things, but I haven't it's watched funny. it. It's funny. It's really right. funny. I'll have to do it. Yeah, like it. There's yeah, a lot yeah. of douchebaggy fans on the internet. Welcome to, <laughs> Welcome to the internet. Welcome to the internet. Just will like ruin anything everything. of okay. quality, don't, don't read the comment section. Yeah, Got don't it. read the comments. Which is pretty much par for the course on the internet, in yeah. my opinion. But the show is really funny. Right. It's good. Um, so I think for real, this is it. Uh, I've been Liz. I'm Damon. I've been Dan. I never know whether to go past or present on that. Right, especially on this episode. Uh, time is a flat circle. Oh, hold on. And uh, I'll let you guys finish up. I see myself in the other room beckoning to tell me about stocks. Dan, could you see yourself out? <laughs> <laughs> um, this has been Make Believe Money. Follow us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. Uh, email us at makebelievemoneypodcast at gmail.com. And go visit our composer's website at charlesemiller.com. Yeah, we got a Facebook group as well. Oh, yeah, or I forget Facebook about those. page, I guess. Either way. But yeah. Social media. We're that. also on Instagram. We make funny pictures Twitter. every week. And Twitter, but I am in and out. <laughs> I think that's about say. most people Freely feel about admitted. Twitter. Yeah. Um, yeah. So cool. Have a good night. Bye. Bye. Invest early.